Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019. And today we're reading from the chapter Into Action in the Big Book. We are on page 73, and we are at the first paragraph that begins more than most people. And we will be reading and commenting on just that one paragraph this morning. Today's readers are Vicki V, 12 Steps, Lane C, 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text, Allison L, Julie R, and Martha Z, should we need her. Our newcomer greeter this morning is Matt F, and the second hour host is Stacy K. Thank you all for being on Team Tuesday and checking in. The reference numbers, important numbers. Yesterday's 7 a.m. share ID, 13,741. That's 13741. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 13,743. 13743. OA's Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And Vicki V, would you please read OA's 12 steps for us? Yes, thank you, Maura. Can I be heard? Clearly, thank you. Very good, thank you. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Vicki V. And Lane C., would you please read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous? Thank you. I sure would. Thank you so much. Lane C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Rochester, New York. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much for allowing me to do service. Thank you, Lane, for doing service. Welcome to the team. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. So please do time yourselves, but if you're about to run over, I will say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, please let us know by saying pass, and then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting and a clear recording, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And a request also that we please don't use your speaker phone um, because it gives a very not pleasant echo in the background. Thank you for that. Today we resume our study. We are in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in Chapter 6, Into Action, and we are on page 73 where we will be reading the first paragraph that begins more than most people 
and commenting on just that one paragraph. And Allison L., will you get us started this morning, please? I sure will. Thank you. More than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He's very much the actor. To the outer world, he presents his stage character. This is the one he likes his fellows to see. He wants to enjoy a certain reputation, but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. Good morning, family. This is Allison L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater near Dayton, Ohio. So um, this paragraph um, I relate to most of my life. Um, I played the role of the little girl um, who had everything figured out. I didn't want anyone to know I was struggling or unsure. Uh, Heaven forbid they think that I was fearful or had resentments or had ever made a mistake. And it's exhausting to live that way and, and to act that way all the time. Um, and I wasn't this way consciously. It's not like I said, I'm just going to pretend. Um, I, it's just how I developed and, and the way that I learned that I could feel safe as a, as a girl in, the, in an unsure world. Um, so that's why I longed to act a certain way, have a certain reputation, so I could feel loved and I could feel safe. Um, and that worked until the pain of, uh, of the eating over living so incongruently uh, with myself, it became too much, and that's why I came to program. So this fifth step was um, one of the first times that I was able to share honestly with another person. I only had a handful of times that I remember before doing my fifth step where I was vulnerable with people, and and doing so outside of program, um, there were times I thought like it felt so unsafe um, for me to do that. Um, So this program gave me the beautiful structure of step four, laying out clear instructions on what I'm going to share so that I'm not just um, sharing anything and everything with the the wrong people, but it it gave me exactly what I needed. What am I going to be sharing? My resentments, my fears, um, and my sex conduct, all things I needed to share with people that I never would have known how to do. Um, And I never would have wanted to burden someone with all that crap of mine. that I needed to share either. So the sponsors and fellows in this program that I've shared these things with so that I can um, start to show up as I really am, um, they've assured me that they've done this too, that they're safe and reliable for me to share with over and over. I keep doing this, um, not just step five, so that I can live free um, and without these blockages um, between me and God. And this allows me to be able to show up anywhere today and I can be uh, in congruence with who I truly am, which I'm starting to learn who I truly am. When I acted, I acted so much that I didn't even really know who I was. So I can show up. I don't have to hide or act or I don't have to agree or disagree with other people just to get, you know, an effect. Um, I, I keep doing the work of this program um, as suggested and I keep finding out more and more who I am. Um, so I can relax and show up as I am, and um, <clears throat> um, that's about my time. So I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Allison L. And if you have not shared in the last day or two and you would like to, please press star 1 and give me your first name and last initial only, not where Charles you're H. from, because I it really to go faster. Larry K. Irene. 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 
Marie J. and Nancy, Nancy K. No okay, this is who I have okay. first time around. Sorry, guys. Charles H., Irene B., might have been an Eileen B., Larry K., Marie J., Melissa C., and Nancy P. If you're not Charles H., would you please mute your phone? Good morning, Charles, big brother. Good morning, sis. I love you so much because, you you know, I, I see the New York in you, and you ain't no actor. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. Um. You know, I, I see actor um, in Chapter 5, and I see it again in this chapter, Interaction. You know, this tells me, get off stage, Charles. Be quiet. Chill. There is so many other voices. Um, humble. Practice some humility. Let me tell you, everybody got something to say on every paragraph in a big book, and every paragraph in a big book is my favorite paragraph, and I can talk every single day, 7 a.m., 8 a.m., 10 a.m. I could talk at 6.50 before the moderator even start the recording on every paragraph. You know, I, um, I want to be on stage all the time. <laughs> you know, I want to be on stage, but that's not, you know, that's not life. You know, I, I, I was just talking um, to myself yesterday after work saying, you know what, bring the convention to your life. Get off stage. Bring it to your family. Bring it to the community. Bring it to your church. Bring it to wherever you're at, right? Um, it, it, it's not realistic uh, to be on that stage all the time. It's not. You know, we got to take that what we learned from, from that great weekend and bring it into existence and learn humility and learn um, to, to minimize ourselves so that we can um, maximize the God of our overstanding. You know, that's what I learned. Get off stage, Charles. Let other people do some stuff. That's why you've not heard me much because there's over 400 voices that I want to hear. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Charles. See if I can do all this multitasking at the same time here. Probably doing it wrong. But anyway, who do we have next? We have Irene B. Good morning, Irene. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. Oh, my gosh, what a powerful meeting. I love hearing what other people have to say. It gives me such clarity. I am Irene B., a very gratefully recovered bulimic from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And yes, this is my favorite paragraph. Because the double life, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that until this morning that I have lived a double life. Because yes, I pretended I was in control. I had forgotten that part of me because 30 some odd years ago when I went to therapy, they told me that I needed to be honest in order to be recovered and that I'm only as sick as the, as the secrets that I keep. So I really know how important rigorous honesty is. And, and I have tried with all my heart, mind, and soul to be rigorously honest. But the problem is that through eating, binging, purging, daydreaming, 
the double life. I was very good at what I did. I totally numbed myself out. I disconnected from self. All this effort to numb myself out, to be in denial, to deny my reality, to deny my feelings, really did a number on me because when I wanted to connect with myself, I had no idea how. I was so disconnected. And it, it, it's like a layer, a thick, thick, like a 10-foot layer of murky, nasty water covered all of me, my deep, dark character defects and um, the things that I did that I forget. I mean, I just forget. Shoot, I forgot that I led a double life. And it's taken 32 months of abstinence to thaw out that murky water so I can begin to see the real Irene. Who am I? But without program, without abstinence, I could have done the program without being abstinent, but I'm still working on keeping that layer of murky water frozen solid. It takes abstinence. So that's for the newcomer. That's my experience, strength, and hope that for me to be able to get recovery, not defined as abstinence, but being free of self-judgment and self-hatred, I have to get in touch with myself so I can get access and connect to the power that will enable me to do for myself what I can't do, what let God do for me what I can't do for me. Lord knows I've tried with that. I pass. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Irene B. Larry K., good morning. Your turn, followed by Marie J. Good morning, Maura. Thank you for your service, Maura. Okay. Um, you know, it says more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. He's very much the actor. It's like the, uh, you know, the ancient Greek theater. You know, they, they transformed characters and roles and wore masks and in a metaphorical sense that you know we we hide our true selves we we fear the wrath of judgment and abandonment and so we learn you know we excel at wearing masks and we you know we 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 fool our friends or so we think our colleagues even our families with the various masks that we wear and more often than not we avoid expressing who we really are and what we really think because we want approval, we want to fit in, we want to minimize conflict. There's a variety of things we want to do. But one of the most common reasons we wear masks is what I think of as, as the, 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 the imposter syndrome, if you will, the fear that the world is going to find us out. And I've heard it described as feeling like a fake or you don't belong, just kind of posing. And it's really, you know, step five is a beautiful thing because, you know, it is utterly exhausting to live in inauthentic life. You couldn't show up here. There are people that couldn't show up here and teach day after day and share their experience in an inauthentic way. It's exhausting to put on a mask or two or 10 and then take a few off and then a couple more on. It's exhausting. And worst of all, you start forgetting who you really are. And, you know, our real identity is covered up by the false identity of these things and our ego traps us into this artificially staged world right 
The fifth step is about transparency. It's a definitive action that we take where we unmask to God, to ourselves, and to another human being. It's really the beginning of freedom. And true freedom is letting the world know you as you truly are, not as that, you know, the way that you think you should be. Because sooner or later, if we're posing, we will for, we, we'll, we'll forget the pose. And then where will we be? So for me, the fifth step was a springboard towards recognizing that I no longer needed substances or prestige to feel complete. Instead, I begin to feel secure, you know, in, in myself for just being one of God's children. And there were two doors to that. Disease, we know that one all too well. The second door was recovery. And I have a shiny new key to both. Which door am I going to open today? The fifth step is unmasking. It's transparency. And I'm grateful for this step. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Maura. Thanks, Larry. Okay, Marie J., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Marie. Good morning. Thank you, Maura. This is Marie J., and I am recovered in Colorado. Um, This paragraph talks to me about the the early steps in building humility, you know, five, six, and seven, we are really taking a hard look and sharing ourselves with the world in a, in a new way. You know, I have um, a constant battle in my head when I'm in my disease because my ego is always telling me on one hand that I'm better than you and then on the other hand that I'm a piece of garbage. So it's, it's this constant battle until I remember that I'm powerless over everything. I'm powerless over this relentless ego and I'm powerless over all my thoughts. And in working these steps, I accept that powerlessness. And in that acceptance, I'm accepting myself. I'm accepting myself exactly as I am. I've got good and I've got bad. I've got warts, I've got ugliness, and I have beauty in me. And only in total acceptance of who I am can that surrender rise up in me, you know, rise up and, and I can turn myself, my entire, my whole self over to this higher power. And in that moment, I allow God to give me that humility. I'm neither better than nor worse than. And the battle of leading this double life, it's so painful presenting one face to the world and then feeling less than inside. And that's this spiritual path for me, being able to surrender this thinking to God and then asking that my thoughts be healed and that I learn to love myself like God loves me. I learn to love myself enough to be able to show my vulnerability to the world and then and it starts, it starts with, with this fifth step, exposing myself to God and one other person. It's a huge step in vulnerability and stopping this need to protect myself and being guarded and pretending to be whom I'm not. And then I start trusting God to protect me. And I start relying on this power so that I can present a whole person to the world, you know, someone who is kind and tolerant, not only to others, but toward myself. With all my warts, I can accept that I'm just this human being. And that's what staying on this spiritual path is for me, because I can't give what I don't have. If I don't have self-love, if I don't treat myself with kindness and love and, and allow myself to be vulnerable, 
I can't extend that to anyone else. I can't. I have to be what I want to. What I want to give in the world, and so I need to be able to give that love. I have to have it. I gotta have it inside me first. So this is a gigantic step in um, in developing that humility of not being better than or worse than, and giving it all to God. Thanks. I pass. On the nose. Melissa C., it's your turn, <laughs> followed by Nancy P. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Good, good morning, Maura. It's Melissa C., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. Thanks so much for your service. Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I want to enjoy a certain reputation, and um, I didn't feel like I deserved it. And it would be really nice to say that I no longer care about my reputation. You know, I no longer care about how others, you know, think of me and what their beliefs are about me. Um, but, like, for this is still an area that I'm looking to fine-tune. Like, I haven't been relieved of that entirely. And, um, you know, my fifth step was was the beginning. You know, it was getting entirely honest, and it, it helped me stop being in charge of self-promotion. You know, someone had explained to me, they said, like, Melissa, you're this dying business, um, and you are still wasting all your efforts on advertising rather than rebuilding. And that really hit me. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm crumbling. Who am I kidding? And, you know, today I still have to ask God to help me be entirely honest and to stop worrying about how others think of me, you know, and that it's self-centered to think that others actually spend any time at all thinking about me, um, you know, and, and like, so where does it appear for me in my life today, you know, um, it, like I have this big commute to work and where I live, it tends to snow a lot more than where I work. And so I get worried because sometimes I have to call out you know, and I can't go to work, and and I get worried, what are people thinking about me? And, you know, and I've actually, um, you know, it's it's in my workplace that this is where I, I need to let go of this worry about my reputation. And, you know, I've just actually added a new prayer to my morning prayers. You know, God, um, please help me see that spending my precious time trying to impress others Worrying about my reputation is turning me into a mouse on a wheel. You know, it's taking me nowhere, and it leaves me tired. Um, this is my prayer. I wrote, like, help me strive only to impress you, God. I know, you know, small children don't live trying to impress others, and neither do people that are closest to the end of their lives. And I want to see how both the young and the old are living more closely to the Creator. And let me live in this close proximity as well. Because that's what this fifth step is really all about. So that I can feel the nearness of my creator. And it's not about getting sponsor sympathy or anyone's forgiveness or about impressing others. Like everyone else is only human power. This is all about getting closer to the power. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Nancy P., it's your turn. 
Hi, Maura. Thanks for letting me share. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. from Wilson, Massachusetts. Yeah, more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. More than most people. So I would say that my life was pretty, pretty double. And there was a lot of tension between my, my, you know, sort of my private self and my public self. And starting with, um, you know, not being able to get to work in the morning without stopping twice to pick up something to eat. And then um, going, you know, when I got into my the garage where I worked, um, I would take all my trash and um, throw it into the, into the um, trash can by the elevator base. And I'd dust my hands off and say, it's like it never happened. Never happened. And I'd go upstairs, you know, onto, you know, and walk to my office. And, um, you know, that, I stayed, I hated that. It was in such pain from that. And I couldn't stop that until um, finally I surrendered. You know, me, the one-trick pony. That's all I ever have to say. But, you know, I was wrapped in a thick layer of self-justification. And I needed a blowtorch to get through it. And um, that's what the surrender was for me. And, you know, I got this sponsor who... um, you know, she was doing the work. She wasn't. She was more concerned with doing the work than she was with me personally. Like she, she was focused. And um, you know, when I, you know, everybody talks about, or you know, I certainly thought about the fourth step as like, you know, I said this before too, like a baby that had to be birthed. And you know, because I thought always I wanted to start at the end. I didn't care about how to get there. And, you know, for the first time in my life, I had to go through these steps. And, you know, searching and fearless. Searching takes time and, you know, not painless, fearless. And, um, you know, and, 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 you know, I got the forms. I did it, you know, causes and conditions. And grosser handicaps, not the guy that wouldn't make a right on red or the lady that bashed me in the grocery store with her cart, you know. I, that, those people... They didn't signify, and um, but it was my fear for my, you know, the, the things that make us all afraid, the things that caused my fears, um, or that my fears, you know, grew under those things. That's what I had to get talk about, and um, and you know, I, I don't today, you know, because of the third step, I do care what other people think about me, but it doesn't own me anymore. And because of the fourth step, just like what it says in the doctor's opinion, and the fifth step, also fourth and fifth step, um, like it says in the doctor's opinion, today people can rely absolutely on anything I say about myself because today my word is good. I don't lie. Fine. I tell the truth. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Nancy P. Okay, so where are we? Where are we? We are in the big book. We are in Chapter 6, and we are in the chapter called Into Action. We're on page 73, and we are reading and commenting on the first paragraph that starts more than most people. And if you haven't shared in the last day or two, I'd love to hear some new voices. Would you give me your first name and your first initial of your last name? Tina. Barbara E. Barbara E. Anita B. Tina S. Nancy T. Was that Nancy T as in Tom? Yes. And that was Tina S. 
Yes. Who else do I have? Couple Did more. Did you get Amy G? I do now. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay, we'll do five. I have Barbara E, Anita B, Nancy T, Tina S, and Amy G. If you're not Barbara E, would you please press star one to mute your phone? Good morning, Barbara. Good morning, my friends. Thank you so much for being so perky, Maura, on this beautiful snowy day. I just went back to page 60 where it says, each person is like an actor who wants to run the show, forever trying to arrange the lights, the ballet, the scenery. And then it goes on to say, when this doesn't usually happen and he steps on the toes of others, he decides to exert himself more. Well, that was me. I was like an actor. I wore so many masks, I would forget which mask I was wearing. Was I the kind, considerate, helpful person? Was I the controlling, indignant, um, disobedient child? Even from an early age, I was. And when I went, I thought my problem was only, only that I needed to lose the weight. And then everything would be perfect. I don't know if you're old enough to remember Christy Brinkley, but I imagined myself Christy Brinkley drive, being driven in a, um, a limousine, going to a, a, an award ceremony. That wasn't me. That was not me. I was an actor trying to control everything. But when I came into OA, I saw people, not at first, but I began to see people who seemed to be at peace with themselves. They seemed to be not only getting a kick out of life and not eating food to get that kick, but they seemed to have the ingredients for a successful living philosophy. And that's what I needed. I needed faith, a sense of humor, clear-cut objectives, a sympathetic understanding for people, none of which I had at that time. It was all about me and what could I get out of life. So I began to invested my time in this beautiful program and realized today that I, it's never going to be one and done, that I have to be constantly striving forward for as long as I live because I believe that it is essential for me to maintain my abstinence from compulsive overeating uh, if I rest on my laurels, as they say. I have to go out and work with others both in the community, within the fellowship, and most especially within my home, to be a one-mask person, to be kind, to be honest, to be less opinionated. This is a beautiful program, and following it really works for me when nothing else did. And is every day perfect? No, of course not. I am a work in progress. I get up each day. I say a prayer. God, direct my thinking. Show me what you would have me be. And I just go forth. And during the day, I stop. Time. I pause. I pray. And I stop talking. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Barbara E. Anita B., it is your turn, followed by Nancy T. Thanks. Thanks, 
so much. Let me share. I need to be here from uh, New Jersey. Um, you know, I don't know if this is part of step five or part of my program, fortunately or unfortunately. Um, I, um, I, this paragraph touches me so hard today, even in my program today, because I feel like just three days ago in a meeting, you know, I'm trying to help someone else. And this morning, I realized I need to get honest with myself, because, you know, I have to look at what I'm doing in my program, and make sure I'm doing it before I can help someone else. And I don't know if that makes any sense. But uh, so my measuring of my food lately has not been very clean. And yet I'm trying to help others whose food isn't clean, and I'm texting them things I need to be doing. And so that was kind of a truth for me this morning where I had to, you know, uh, respond back to someone else and say, listen, I'm not perfect, and uh, I can rest on my laurels, and I can think I'm running the show, and I can think I know what to tell you. But, um, you know, my humanness gets in my way all the time. And so that just related to me so much in this paragraph in my life today, not just when I was eating, because when I was eating, I guess I didn't realize I was doing it. The gift today is that I realize, wait a minute, Anita, you know, get honest with yourself. Um, You know, are you being honest? Are you being yourself? Or am I being this fake who wants everybody to see me you know, because I want to help people. I want our meeting to thrive, and so I want to be recovered so that I can help them. But am I being totally honest with myself first before, you know, before I can show anybody else? So um, I don't know if that made any sense or if it was the right place to share, but just I thank you for letting me share that so that I can continue today on this path to recovery. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Anita B. Nancy T., it's your turn, followed by Tina S. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, Laura. Thank you again for your service. Awesome to hear you this morning. Um, so here the big book's calling me an actor again. <laughs> and, you know, isn't that the truth? I went through life pretending to be who I thought everybody else wanted me to be. That really was a double life. You know, I grew up in a um, dysfunctional family, to say the least, with alcoholism and abuse at the top of the list, which is not uncommon at all for many of us in this room. But what that did is um, helped me to develop a skill set of this double life scenario that we're talking about in this paragraph. So I would leave a home full of dysfunction, um, fear, all that other stuff, and I would go out into the world with a big fat smile on my face pretending like all was well in my world. And I took on whatever part I thought you wanted me to play in order for me to be accepted in your circle. And boy, let me tell you how exhausting that is, you know. And then you got to try to remember which part you played for which circle of people that you're associating with. But that skill set that I developed as a child really served me well, or at least temporarily, in um, young adulthood and into um, adulthood. I guess I don't want to say old age. I want to age myself. But, uh, you know, where I could, um, I would be at home in the food, miserable, in a 372-pound body at my highest, yet I would go out into the world and put on a smiley face and pretend like, my world's great. 
you know, I work in a professional community, so I would act all professional. And boy, I look back now and I kind of just have to chuckle because I think here I was in a 372-pound body trying to pretend when I go out and socialize with my colleagues and coworkers that I was a normal eater. You know, I mean, that whole thing of like um, eating before I went out to a social event so that I could pretend to be normal when I was there. Anyway, you're getting the picture here, just always pretending to be something I'm not. I am so grateful that today, as a recovered woman, I can be who I am. If you don't like me, it's okay with me. Um, And I don't have to have that fear of not belonging, that fear of what other people think that Larry talked about. I don't have to worry about that today. I can just be me. And I accept the fact that my vulnerabilities and my weaknesses actually help me belong much better than trying to put off this persona of perfectionism. So, so grateful to be on the phone this morning. So thank you for everybody who has shared and made this meeting amazing. Talk um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Nancy T. Tina S., it's your turn, followed by Amy G. Good morning, Tina. Good morning, Maura. Thanks so much for your service. Uh, Tina S., recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Uh, and I've been told I say this all the time, but it is just so the truth. Uh, what some, some great shares this morning, and you know, bottom line is the reason I get on this phone is I can relate to everybody that shares. And, you know, been there, done that, doing that. And uh, the good news is I don't have to be that or do that uh, today. You know, and you know, and I love in, in, into action because you know, the promise is that we can we we start to get a, a new relationship with our Creator. And we discover these obstacles and stuff like that. But, you know, for me, now this is just for me. The last, when I came into Overeaters Anonymous, the best reason I did this, because they, they told me if I skipped this step, I would not overcome compulsive eating. And my experience had been that I had skipped this step and did not overcome compulsive eating. So that's why I continued with the fifth step. And, then, and thank you, God, because the result is today, you know, I have a new relationship with my creator. You know, and I have all this stuff that people talked about, you know, and, you know, I too, you know, again, my head's just a shaking when everybody talks about, you know, leading the double life, you know, and I am very much the actor and today I can be very much the actor, you know, and I try to curb that stuff because it gets me nowhere. You know, it talks about my egoism and, you know, and I'm heard it today and I'm all on board. You know, I'm either at the top of the heap or I'm at the bottom. You know, how do I just stay in the middle? How do I be, you know, uh, one among many? You know, and this is how I do this. This is how I be one among many. You know, I come in here, you know, and I, and I practice these principles in all my affairs one day at a time. You know, and I always say this, too, because it's the truth and I have many affairs. You know, so I have to be vigilant. I have to be diligent. I have to do this stuff daily, you know, and I, too, am like a lot of other people. I don't want to do it. But I want the result that I get by doing it. So, you know, it doesn't matter what I want to do. It matters what I do. And, um, you know, and today I am more honest to show you who I am, to be the real Tina. And not be so afraid that you will like me or won't like me. You know, I have that attached too. But it doesn't mean so much anymore because I have people about me that love me for who I am. Flaws and all. You know, but that's the good news, and that allows me to treat others the same. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Great stuff. Thanks, Tina S. Amy G., good morning. It's your turn. Good morning. My name is Amy G., recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for your service and an awesome meeting. 
So he wants to enjoy a certain reputation but knows in his heart he doesn't deserve it. Well, when I came into this program, especially after doing the inventory, uh, you know, I think when I looked at my insides and the outsides, there was a Grand Canyon in between, uh, and I thought there was no way that they would ever come together. Talk about a double life. As others have said, I'm also a recovered bulimic, and I was willing to sacrifice myself and how I felt about myself so that you could tell me I was okay if I looked all right on the outside. I was willing to do that for myself. And I had no no other way of living my life. I didn't know any difference. And that's how this disease works. It warped our thinking. It certainly warped mine, where I was willing to sacrifice myself in private so that you could tell me I looked okay in public, so to speak. And when I did that inventory and I took a look at myself in my warped thinking, I thought, oh, my gosh. How is anyone ever going to see me as anything other than the rim of the toilet oil when they, when they see this inventory and they see my anger and they see my rage? How can I come to, how can the insides ever match the outsides? But that's why we don't do this program alone. And that's why we have others God with skin on to help us along the way. Because what I found out in taking that leap of faith, because I thought for sure that my deepest, darkest secrets had to stay my deepest, darkest secrets or that I would somehow implode. And it turns out that that was my warped thinking and that the, in actuality, when I took that leap of faith and shared that inventory in my fifth step, it actually shed the light of God's spirit and God's love in my life. But I didn't know that at the time. I was just doing it, like Tina said, because I knew my ass was on fire and that I was going to die of this disease if I didn't do what you all told me to do. There's a movie, you know, an old movie I'm going to date myself with uh, Harrison Ford and Raiders of the Last Ark, and at some point there's this huge chasm, and he has to take a step out into the emptiness to have the invisible bridge appear. But he had to step out first into thin air and trust that that bridge would appear. And I have to do that with my fifth step. I had to trust that even though everything inside me screamed to not air my deep, dark secrets, that actually that there was freedom in doing that but it only was when I stepped out. And what was beautiful about that is that you met me. Actually, you ran to me, and you showed me love and acceptance that I never dreamed possible. You see, I couldn't do that for myself, but you all could show me that. Because when I aired those deep, dark secrets and all that rage and that anger and those resentments, you showed me love, and you showed me acceptance. And when you showed that to me, I could start to feel that for myself and then turn around and pass it on to someone else. But that was the beginning. That was my step into thin air, so to speak, in acceptance when everything screamed otherwise. My thinking was killing me, but you all showed me the way because I was willing to step out in faith without knowing what the result would be. It turns out to be the best thing in the world I ever did. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Okay, so uh, we have a few minutes. Um... Nine minutes. I think we have time for two, possibly three, three-minute shares. Who'd like to do that? Laura M. Mary Lee. Laura F. M. Mary Lee F. Mary Lee F. Vinny T. Vinny T. All right, we'll see if we can get you all in there. Laura M., Mary Lee F., and Vinny T. Laura M., go ahead, please. Good morning. Am I still unmuted? You are still unmuted. (laughs) Thank you. Never know about this system sometimes. This is Laura M. in Missouri. And 
my words have been scrambling in my brain for the last half an hour, um, and I don't know if I have better words, but I just had to share this gut reaction, that very last line, you know, the, the heart, um, now, I'm, now I don't have my book in front of me, but, you know, in my heart, I know that I don't deserve it. Boy, that just hit me today like an absolute gut punch. And it reminded me of all of the turmoil and the ache and the pain. And, you know, I agree with all of the beautiful and wonderful and hopeful things that have been said today. And they are all absolute truth. I've walked that. I've experienced that. But even still, um, I'm grateful for moments like this where I have that gut reaction, where I remember the anguish of that experience of, of coming face to face with tr- the truth that I was living a shell life and, and as some have said, a number of shells and that I did it unconsciously because I didn't know who I was and I didn't believe in who I was and I didn't think I deserved to be anything other than what somebody else wanted me to be. And I just feel that deep wrenching in the pit of my gut, remembering how that was and how that still can be when I let myself slip away from the spirit for a moment and get lost in others. So I just, I just wanted to share that. I don't know if anyone else is feeling that, but it was important to me to vo- try to vocalize that in some way. And thank you all for such the beautiful shares. I'm so happy to be walking this path of recovery with all of you. I pass. Thank you, Laura M. Mary Lee F., it's your turn, followed by Vinny T. Good morning, Mary Lee. Good morning. Um, This is week two of my abstinence. I'm back in OA after a 20-year hiatus, and uh, I'm really grateful to be here. I've been writing furiously while I've been listening to everyone, and um, I'm close to tears, but I think that that's probably a pretty normal thing. Um, I realize that you guys are saying things I have heard words and analogies this morning that I thought that I had come up with. I thought they were my clever, wise ways of saying what you're all saying. And I confess I resent you all a little bit because I thought those were my ideas and those were my clever ways of seeing our life. And the truth is it's not. We are all have different stages, but we all are in the same play and we're all acting the same way or I am. And wow, that's humbling. And I didn't think that humility was a problem that I had. Oh my goodness. (laughs) So thank you all, everyone. Thank you so much for the shares. I've been coming to this meeting since last uh, Sunday and what a gift. Thank you very much. I'll pass. Thank you, Mary Lee. Keep coming back. Vinny T., it's your turn. Good morning, Vinny. Uh, good morning. Am I being heard? You are. Thank you. Wonderful. That, <laughs> that worked. Um, I, I'm going to make this quick because I see we're almost out of time. Um, I just had such fun this morning. I mean, 
Getting back to Charles Hay, this is everybody's favorite paragraph. No doubt about it. I got a big star next to mine. But I was thinking today, my favorite movie all my life, even now I watch it like two, three times a year, is The Wizard of Oz. And I just see in Dorothy, you know, Dorothy and all of the, the three characters, the Tin Man and the Lion and, and, and the, uh, and the uh, Scarecrow, they're all her and they're all searching, you know, finding their way along that yellow brick road, you know. And it, it just, I just love that movie and I, and I just feel like it, it's so represented in the 12 steps and in the life that we get. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, totally caught me off guard. We have three minutes left exactly. Who would like to be our last share? Carmela G. You got it, Carmela. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you so much, Maura. This is Carmela from New York, and I did that just for you, Maura. Um, And um, this is something that I had to share today on because today um, is my belly button birthday, and the reality is I didn't know who I was for 67 years until I started working this program, and today I am 74, and the reality is that I'm finally learning to set boundaries, and all of that was there, but I was the bolder who was stopping my higher power from giving me the inspiration and the wisdom. And I kept saying, I got it, I got it, because I had that facade, that that false face, that everything was fine, and I was wonderful, and you should respect me and treasure my words. And it was only through this program that I learned to go deep inside and to sometimes shut my mouth and listen and follow direction, provided that I plug in every morning to the power greater than I that I call God. And he gives me gifts beyond what I could have ever done for myself And the gift is, I spoke to my sponsor, and she said, it's remarkable to see what you have become. And I said, it is remarkable because program has done this for me. And being honest and open and willing and wanting to care and love for people instead of control them. And for this, I am grateful. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day. And thank you for being on the line. Thank you, Carmel and Jean. Happy birthday. Grateful you're here with us. Thank you for your service. Okay. Well, we got a minute left, but by the time I get somebody on the line, well, maybe we see. We got somebody up. Oh, there it is, 7.55. Love digital clocks, don't you, though? Okay. Carmel and Jean, you closed this out. Thank you so very much. Thank you for everyone who shared today. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And today's share ID, important number. Okay, 13,746. 
1-800-273-13746. We will now close, excuse me, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Julie R., will you please Hi, read that Julie for R. us? Julie? Hi, this is Julie R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.